0: You are listening to episode 47. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of, and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more uh, in my show notes, and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. Hello, everyone. Happy spring. At least I hope you're having a happier spring now that there's Starting to be some light at the end of the tunnel for uh, this season that we are in. I wanted to just say thank you again for tuning in to the Okiki Podcast. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Kimberly Evans and she is the CEO of Celebrating the Simple Life. I'm so excited to have her on the show today because to give some background, I actually joined a women's entrepreneurship group called The Well Collaborative. And she was one of the first people from that community to reach out to me. And not only did she reach out to me to do some collab work with her, she actually featured me on her podcast, which is one of the top podcasts in our province. Um, It's going very, very well. And she has interviewed so many guests as well. So you definitely have to check out her podcast, which goes by the same name. So today we're going to learn a bit of her passion around event planning and how to get a podcast going if that is a passion of yours as well. You are listening listening to the sound. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fiona O'Brien. welcome to the okiki podcast and today i'm really excited to have a very special guest her name is kimberly evans and she has the company celebrating simple life and i'm just so excited to have her on the show today Uh, i'm so ready to share a lot of her story with the audience today so thank you so much kimberly for being on the podcast I am delighted, Fian. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) And please tell us a little bit more about you. Um, What was your journey to creating uh, Celebrating Simple Life and and the podcast?
1: Yeah, so I have been in the event planning and marketing, uh, industry since I'll really date myself right off the bat, um, since 2003 and I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up when I was little. And then all of a sudden the idea of event planning and that I could actually like be hired to plan things was like, Whoa, mind blowing. This could actually be a career (laughs) and the rest is kind of history. I got into the event planning at a young age and was in an amazing business and had fabulous business partners and really just saw that being my forever place I was going to be. And as life has it, things never go as planned, but you can't tell a planner that you can't plan. So I have to always learn lessons the very, very hard way. So one of the things that sort of started off really pivoting me in a bit of a different direction was in 2012, my oldest daughter, Cassidy was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And that was a lightning bolt, couldn't Mm. have ever prepared for it type of moment for our family. Mm. And my husband and I were very shocked. We had no idea that This was something sort of one of our worst fears come true as a parent um, of having your child being diagnosed with something fatal. And Cassidy was four at the time. And we have a younger daughter, Lucia, who was one at the time in 2012. And it just was a really hard time. And owning a business and working in the business is not for the weak of heart at the very, very best of times. And then when things like this come up, it just sort of really rocked me to my core. And I had to make some really hard decisions in kind of a quick period of time because I had to kind of put my, my mom, my mom hat on. And I've always loved, I always knew that I wanted to have a career and try to juggle it all. I always want to juggle it all. And (laughs) so I had to make some big decisions and I had worked really hard for the past like 10 years in my career prior to her being diagnosed. And in a heartbeat made the decision that I had to remove myself from, from the business I was in and just take care of what needed to be taken care of, which was my daughter. And so it it was an easy decision and a hard decision all at the same time. I, of course, wouldn't have it any other way. It wasn't something that I kind of really thought about until much later as to kind of what a big decision that was and how much I I felt that I, I needed and wanted to like sacrifice in that moment. And so I took a pause in my career and it was throughout the next couple of years after that where people who knew what I did for a living as an event planner sort of, started just tapping me on the shoulder and hey could you plan this for me hey would you consider taking on this little project you know just little things bits and pieces and it wasn't anything that I was actively seeking out it just was sort of things that were happening organically and I was spending most of my time at home with my kids and they were getting older and I felt like I was in a place where I was ready to kind of take some things on and I had learned so much about myself and about how removing the things in my life that weren't serving me, how much more freeing and energizing that was for me. And it's so easy to feel stuck. And I've had many moments before that. And since then where I have again, felt stuck. But I think once you've gone through these big moments, you start trusting yourself more, you start trusting, you know, and listening to what you know, you should, what would be right for you in the situation versus maybe what feels easiest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I trusted that and realized that simplicity really simplicity is a, has a whole bunch of definitions for me that maybe would be different than somebody else. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't have things in your life. It means that you are choosing to have the things in your life that you want there. Hmm. And so that was where Celebrating Simple Life evolved from. So initially, Celebrating Simple Life came from me wanting to create a blog Hmm. of documenting Cassidy's journey with cystic fibrosis. So there was so many things that I was learning about myself and just the whole pivot of being out of my career. And I never dreamed of being a stay-at-home mom. And suddenly I was a stay-at-home mom. So there was all these things that were very new for me too. And I was getting a lot of questions about cystic fibrosis and about all the things that were happening in our life. And at the time they were kind of hard to talk about because they were just really big things that we didn't wish were happening. And so Mm -hmm. I found it easier to write about it. And so I started writing about it and people could go to the blog and read about our story. And of course, Time goes on and I started being able to talk about it more and it wasn't as fresh, wasn't as fresh. And so I was able to be able to articulate the story of, of what had all sort of transpired in these last few years. And slowly that evolved into Cassidy, my daughter wanting to have a lemonade stand. And so when we now have a nonprofit called Cassidy's lemonade stand, where we do wow. lemonades and lots of events and things for cystic fibrosis. Yeah, which ended up freeing up Celebrating Simple Life. I was like, well, what's this going to be now? Like Celebrating Simple Life could have just dissolved. But I was like, you know what? I feel like this sounds like what I want my next chapter to be. And so I kept the same name that I had kept for our nonprofit, which now was its own little entity as a lemonade stand and turned it into the overarching umbrella of my business, which is event planning and uh, business Uh, events and retreats, and those types of things for mainly small business owners is whom I focus on right now. And then the podcast came to fall under the umbrella as well, which started back in 2019. And so that's kind of just sums up how celebrating and simplifying your life can really lead to places that you never saw coming.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a really beautiful way of looking at it too. It's just like sometimes, um, yeah, when you're in life situations that force you to scale back, you kind of look at what's like essential. And it was kind of cool that even out of you spending more time with your daughter, that she too was inspired to start something, you know, (laughs) and and get some of that influence as well. So I think that's really cool that she's even taking her story and and seeing where she can support people in it. That's a really beautiful thing to learn at such a young age. And then of course, seeing where you can re-engage some of those passions you have. So I guess for you then, what kind of changed a lot when you did relaunch Celebrating Simple Life based on what you've learned and the experiences you've had and what also kind of prompted you to start this podcast and why was that something you felt would be a good tie into what you were already doing?
1: Yeah, so Celebrating Simple Life, I realized that in the bits and pieces of the contracts that I was mentioning that I was like picking up here and there and people were reaching out and talking to me about stuff, I realized that the projects that were Really lighting me up were working with small business owners and being able to feel like the projects and events from either launch parties to something, a a new product they were launching, or just launching a business in general and then wanting to sort of let people know what they were up to, or maybe they were having a milestone anniversary in their business. And I was like, there's always something to celebrate. And I don't think we should wait for the big things to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I think that there's little things every day that need to be celebrated that add up to the big things. And so that was really where I realized that being a small business owner myself, it was hard to, we always want to do all the things. We want to do all the things and sometimes out of necessity and out of, just trying to figure out how to scale and grow our business. We are kind of feeling forced to do all the things because we have a budget. We don't have money just flying around. It's all coming out of our bottom line ourselves. So we're trying to always figure out how to grow and scale in a mindful way, I think, and sometimes that can lead to burnout before you even get started because there's just so many (laughs) things to pay attention to. Right. And so I wanted to be able to be somebody who could not only be somebody coming in for a project, but really understand somebody's business, understand what it is that they're doing. And it's so much easier to do that when it's a small business because you're speaking to the owner. You're speaking to the person who is feet on the ground, trying to do the things and maybe has a small team, maybe doesn't, maybe has some contract staff, maybe doesn't, but there's just a lot of things and my heart just wanted to help. I wanted to help them and I wanted them to feel validated in what it is that they were doing so that they could focus on their business and let somebody like myself help be a part of letting the world know about them in creative ways. And so that for sure was kind of where my passion lay. So when I decided to actually relaunch Celebrating Simple Life, because it already existed and everyone thought that that was our nonprofit. So I wanted to do something creative to kind of relaunch it. And so I hosted a very small, some close friends and a few friends of friends just to kind of feel like it was a moment of something. And I hosted a small party, Remember the days when we could all get together yeah. and hang out? <laughs> Looking forward to those. <laughs> right. Um, and I held it at the Well Collaborative in their former space and um, just had it out there. had some fun things we were doing, had some food and some drinks. And I sort of just used that as a way to get the people that had been so supportive to me and my friends and business colleagues and that sort of thing to just be together in the same room. and people were meeting each other who had never met before people were sharing their own stories. And that right there, I was like, I knew that I needed to actually act out what it was that I was able to do for somebody else's business. It wasn't just saying I can plan an event for you, but Hey, come and attend this and actually see what this feels like when you get people together who are cheering you on and who Mm -hmm. want you to succeed. And that is what I want business owners to feel when they choose to have me do consulting for them Mm -hmm. to plan an event or a party, no matter what the scale Mm -hmm. I've, I've been doing this for like 20, almost 20 years and have had million dollar budgets and have had (laughs) barely a budget and it's everything in between, you know, like it's not just, I think there's still a little bit of a stigma sometimes that if you're planning an event or hiring somebody that it's definitely going to be expensive. And I definitely can't afford that, you know, especially Mm -hmm. in a small business community where we're all trying to be so mindful. And I totally get that. But at the same time, I think there's places to be able to trust the service providers around you and be able to realize that there's actually like so much more that's possible when you allow somebody to come in and help you. And Mm -hmm. I say that to myself as much as anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to not feel like you can't just do it all yourself. I really like how you
0: explained how you basically created like an event to launch your brand as an event planner. I think that's so cool. And even like to kind of go off of that too, like practically, because like you're saying, a lot of people don't realize they can reach out for help with different small business owners, service providers. It can seem intimidating. So along with your launch, what were some of the initiatives you took to really make your brand known? And yeah, make that something that people could be comfortable with or visualize themselves. Because I know as an event planner, you, you really can have the vision and the and visualize the ambiance and the environment you're trying to create for people. So yeah, what was your process of doing that?
1: So I think I always feel for myself from the beginning to end of an event, which I, even the word event, sometimes I think sounds daunting to some people where it's like an event to me, an event (laughs) is anytime there's two or more people together, it's an event which really actually, that's not true. It could probably just be one person myself too. I've had like, (laughs) I've had many a great night where, you know, a glass of wine, relax, hang out. I'm having the time of my life by myself, but two or more people means you are actually in community. You are connecting with somebody else. And for me, I feel like the experience of bringing people together is, is what lights me up. And I use this example a lot, but you know, when you are at an event or a party, or even just in somebody's home, which again, all of us are trying to remember what that feels like, but you know, when it feels good, you know, that feeling of like, you can't describe it. There's just this energy and this feeling of, wow, I'm having a good time. Everything's flowing. I'm connecting. I'm having great conversations. There's great. I had something really delicious to eat, something nice to drink. And it doesn't have to be fancy is not what I'm saying. But there's this feeling because there have been, there was thought that took place in putting these things together. And for me, that's what the experience is all about. And so as I was bringing people together for this, even just inviting them, I personally invited, this is a small gathering. So I had like the ability to sort of do things on a much more personal level versus having like a 500 person event or something like that. But I was able to personally invite them. I was able to tell them, why I wanted them to be there, what they had been, why they had inspired me in my business and why it was important for them to be there. From there, the moment they arrived, they were able to walk in to a calm, beautiful, relaxing, simple environment. There was nothing fancy about this, but they could walk in and they could just take a breath. There wasn't anything that they had to do or prepare or think of before they came, they could hang up their coat. They could walk in. I had cocktails ready to go. I had mocktails ready to go. Whatever somebody wanted was there. And I passed it to them. There was little nibbles to eat. You don't want, you don't want a bunch of women going hungry, (laughs) you know, and those types of things, which are basic, but I wanted them to feel taken care of. And that's what I think, In any business, in any time you're trying to use an event or a gathering of any sort Hmm. to grow your business, it's the experience that people remember. It's not so much what is being even talked about really, but you know how you felt. And I had little moments throughout the evening where there was things to do. It sort of hit all the five senses. And that's always a part that I like to think about as well. And it just felt so good. And there's, there's some parts of it sometimes that are inexplicable as to why it feels so good. But for me, I do feel like the planning to make it feel effortless is where you can get an effortless vibe at an event. Versus something being all thrown together and be like, ah, it's fine, it doesn't matter, which has its place. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. totally fine to throw things together like that too. <laughs>
0: for the moment,
1: a hundred percent, and I love those <laughs> moments as well. But if you have an actual purpose as to yeah. what you want this event to do, there has to be some forward planning in the back end so that you can actually get to the end of it and say, "Wow, my goal was to." connect with this many people or a few people or to have these people meet each other or to have this person know what I did better. And then at the end of the day, you can be like, I was successful because those things happen. And it's not about the monetary value. It's not about any of those things. It's all kind of in those types of goals for me when I'm doing an event.
0: That's really insightful. And you're really thinking about the holistic experience of the people attending the event. So it almost sounds like they had this really great experience. you were really intentional with the people you invited. And then they were able to kind of spread the word of that experience. And, and that kind of ultimately created other opportunities. It, it sounds like. That's exactly it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That intentionality is definitely worth it. And even along those lines too, I, I wanted to ask as well, what are some of the things? because I know I personally love events. I've been to one of the ones that you coordinated, which was still one of my favorite <laughs> highlights of the summer, <laughs> because Yay. that was before things got super locked down. And yeah, like I agree. Like it's really nice to meet people, try new foods, do different things. And yeah, it was just such a great experience. And I'm looking forward to more of those for sure after. <laughs> the pandemic
1: they will happen my friend yes
0: <laughs> definitely so I I guess I wanted to ask too like what are some of the things or trends you've noticed in the event industry given what we've gone through I know personally I come from a culture actually where events is something we really love Nigerian parties are like a big thing so <laughs> this
1: is something I look forward really... to attending a Nigerian party someday if you could please invite yeah, me to your next party <laughs> You're
0: definitely invited. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, it's just something that is just so normal to us to have events that it's just weird to be in a world without it. So I guess, given that background, I was curious, like what that experience has been for you or for other event people you know of just in the pivoting realm, I guess. And I guess after that, I'd also like to learn about like what's been your process too with your podcast, which is also super awesome and inspirational and supporting business owners in a very different way.
1: I mean, let's be honest. The event industry has not been the industry of choice during a pandemic. (laughs) It's definitely been challenging. And yet it's interesting because there does still feel to be like there is still so much going on. So the event industry, as we know, knew it had to pivot and be very different from night and day. I had one day and the whole remainder of my year was canceled out like many people in lots of different industries. And it just, it was just like that. There was just no ifs, ands, or buts. That's just what had to happen. And so it was devastating to be honest. It was really hard, especially because events don't just happen the next day. You're planning for months, years, sometimes, to lead up to an event day to actually happen. And so you're not just erasing, you're not just erasing the pieces that were about to happen. You're erasing all the work that's been done and all the time and energy and excitement and effort that you've been putting into something as well as the dollar, the bottom line. Right. So I know a lot of businesses like that was a thing and that was really hard. And I think the one thing that I definitely have really valued out of this last year is that I realized that the in-person connection will be something that you can never replace. However, the virtual connections that have taken place and I know that we're all very fatigued on all of these virtual connections yeah. and screens and those types of things, but we're like desperate. So we'll just keep doing it because yeah. we want to be able to see people. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but I think I realized that the experience is the experience. It doesn't matter if you are sitting at a beautiful long table, having a beautiful dinner with family or friends or business associates, or if you're sitting on a screen and have people across from you, is it different? Yeah, of course it is. We're not going to pretend that it's the same, but I think coming into it and having the mindset of connection and getting to know someone and making something fun. I know for me, for sure, it's been a bit of an ebb and flow this year. There have been times where, especially when COVID first hit, and I don't know if it was just because I compared how COVID hit as a tiny little understanding of what it felt like when Cassidy was diagnosed with CF, there was this like lightning bolt of like, Oh my gosh, life as we know, it is never going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And I had a very similar feeling when that first happened, but because it wasn't the first time I had had that feeling, I was able to recover, I think a little bit quicker. And I think you could really see the people who are maybe used to having really hard things go on in their life, because you've definitely seen different levels of resilience and right. no judgment to anybody's level of resilience. We are all right. just doing the best we can, but I definitely feel, and I mean, obviously as it went on longer and longer and longer, all of us got to places of like, oh, tired. is this ever going to be done? You know, yeah. and fatigue and trying to like, hep up everyone around you. And I'm trying to keep my kids geared up and, you know, yeah. like it's a lot. But it definitely, I can tell the more that I take care of myself, the more I have the capacity to sort of handle what's going on around me. So there are, there are times where there'd be weeks where I'm like, nope, no capacity. This is just not happening. I do right. not have this in me. And I would sort of almost disappear a little bit more where I like, wouldn't be as present on social media. I wouldn't be sort of as quick to respond to things coming in. Cause I'm like, I just don't got it. Like I am mm-hmm. just at my absolute pit and I need my bucket to be filled up a little bit more before I can like be myself again. Right. right. And I felt like I could, was able to just lean into that Mm -hmm. and I didn't have to apologize to anybody for it. I could just be what I needed to be. And that was okay. And I was probably hardest on myself about it more than anything else where I was like, Mm -hmm. you should be doing this. You should be doing this. And I started to just let it go. Mm -hmm. And that for sure has been a gift of this is just like, there's things that just don't matter when the world shuts down, which we all thought wasn't possible. Here we are. It's possible. (laughs) Uh, You kind of just have to take a deep breath and realize that like a control freak like me, I'm, I I am not in control of this mess. So I have to just let it go. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was very liberating to feel like I'm learning to be in the mess. That's what the phrase that keeps coming back all over the place. My therapist tells me this. I've had a few (laughs) friends tell me this. You're like, We just have to be okay with being in the mess. I'm like, okay, I I don't love, I don't love sitting there, but I'm learning to sit there and for it to be okay, for things to not all be fixed. It's okay. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, You brought up so many good points there because it is a bit of like an ebb and flow season because like you're saying, not everyone's a used to something like this. Not not that this should be normal to have something (laughs) this huge hit. And then B, how do you even respond to that as a, as a business owner, as someone who's used to like, you know, to be a business owner, for one, there's a lot of self-motivation involved in that. So you're used to pepping yourself up, I'm sure. And then there's days where it's just like, oh my gosh, like what is actually happening? Can I actually do this today? And so I think just from that practical, like, or from that emotional side, rather, like you're just talking about the ebbs and flows and just being able to be kind to yourself in this season and say, hey, like maybe there's some days you won't feel like up to it, or you won't feel like posting. Like I definitely had <laughs> weeks like that too, where it's like, I just need to like take a break because there's so much more than just the day to day that's happening now. It's also yes. the world around you. And then I um also asked, and thank you for being so honest with that. Just even practically, because of course, like, like I mentioned before, events are my, favorite things to be part of I I volunteer for a lot of summer festivals actually and I, I was even curious from a practical sense like if there's any trends too that you're noticing in the industry in terms of like obviously we know everyone's online and doing live stream do you think practically that's kind of what it'll look like in the future for this industry too and what are some things that you think are kind of cool that may have come out of this even though it's been such a weird period of time?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I have really loved seeing, which I think were maybe happening a little bit already beforehand, but definitely exploding in this last year is I love seeing the combination between virtual events that also have tangible elements to them. So whether it's like receiving like a cute gift box on your front step on the day or a delivery in the mail leading up To the event that's happening, of something that's like specific to the event. So, whether it's a social event or a business event, just kind of some items of some sort where you're on an event and like everyone's drinking from the same mug because you got this in your cute basket that arrived leading up to it. You know, like there's little touches. And that was what I was referring to before too, was there's ways to still create the experience. And for me, I think we've had to be a lot more, not even a lot more creative, just differently creative in the ways that you think about the user's experience in attending an event where we're sitting face to face with each other right. over a screen <laughs> versus what would be on the table or what they would see when they walk into the event center or what they would take home in their little swag bag, or, you know, like all of the things that would be kind of common pieces of it. How do you make the interactive piece of an event. And really with technology, there's actually a million more things that can be done than just a standing in person type of scenario. So I think both of them have pros and cons. I don't think virtual events are going anywhere anytime soon. I think this is going to be our reality for a while, but I think that the event industry is going to be very happy with the boom that is going to happen once we are allowed to get back together because everybody's going to want to. But I think we've really realized what can happen virtually. I think before there was a lot of times where, and there's always the jokes, right? Like, oh, that could have been an email. We wouldn't have had to actually meet about that. And I think Hmm. that's the same kind of thing that's happening here where you realize sometimes maybe there was not a reason for us to need to get together for this. Like, maybe we could have done this simpler or easier and still had the same result out of it. And then other times, yeah, this is definitely a a need to get together and this needs to be done in person. We would choose that over virtual. Right. So now you feel
0: like there's almost more options now for event planners (laughs) and there's almost more creativity. Whereas before it was kind of like more traditional, I guess.
1: I think so. And I think what I've definitely noticed, even especially from even a podcast standpoint, first of all, listenership is like up like crazy because podcasts are just like consuming during this year. And I know myself too, I've been way more consuming of podcasts. So that's been really exciting from the podcast side of it. But I think it's definitely as a podcaster myself, it's definitely given me a whole new world and a whole new window of even just courage to ask Certain people whom I maybe wouldn't have considered asking to be on the podcast before, my mind has been broadened immensely as to what I feel is possible from having guests on the show and letting the world be my repertoire of guests versus only thinking, who can I see in person? While mm. local guests are obviously like love, love, love having local people. But because I've had to meet virtually with everybody, whether it's local, or further away, it's kind of made other people feel local, even when they're not local, because it's all the same format.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that's actually a great segue, because I was going to ask you more about your podcast, because that's a whole other operation in itself, even though it's with the brand, and it has the same name, actually, and you all should look it up. what kind of Yeah, how did you get that going? And what were you hoping to do with that? And yeah, how How has that changed over time since you started it till now?
1: Yeah, so I got the idea in my head that I wanted to start a podcast probably in like spring of 2019. And I got the idea in my head. And like many entrepreneurs, you get the idea and you're like, "Okay, I want this done tomorrow. (laughs) So I was like ready to just run with it and go with it but I told myself this, I, it would have been very easy for me to just be like, okay, I've decided I want to do this and I'm going to hire somebody to like, help me get this off the ground. And I decided for myself that I was going to figure this out myself. Not because I, not because I was being stubborn and like, couldn't hire somebody else to do it. I could have, but I really just felt like this was something where I was first of all, trying to decide, like, is this even something that I really want to do? Cause I mm. feel like the idea of being a enjoyer of podcasts and podcasting are two very different things. And I think sometimes those get a little bit like mixed (laughs) up or you're like, "Oh, I love listening to podcasts. I should start one, which is fine if somebody wants to do that. But I sort of just wanted to dip my toe in and just Mm -hmm. be like, okay, like, is this something? And I'm always a, I'm always an all in type of person. So I knew if I was going to start this, that I wanted to be consistent and do it well. I didn't want to started and like, Oh, maybe I'll do an episode. Maybe I won't. Oh, maybe it's been a few weeks. Like I'm very, my planning hat on, this is either (laughs) happening this way or it's just not happening. And that's fine too, if it doesn't happen. So yeah, I, I got the idea in my head. So I spent spring and summer researching, researching, researching. I was like the Google expert of how to podcast. And I knew absolutely nothing. So it's exactly like the stories that you hear. I've heard these stories all the time. And you always think, well, how did they do that? This was exactly like that. Didn't know how to do it. Literally embarrassing as to what my Google searches would have been. I hope those never come to light as to what I had to type in to figure this all out. And I was like, it's okay. I need to just spend the time figuring this out because this is going to feel so rewarding when I do. And if I choose to not figure it out and choose as I go down this path to say you know what maybe this isn't for me, that's okay too. I don't need to feel like a failure. But I did decide to do it. I figured it out. I went through all the process and the steps of like getting it all set up in order for the to have the equipment that I needed. I had a few guests lined up. I ended up recording a few episodes so that I had a couple ready to go for the launch based on what Google told me to do. <laughs> and had a few episodes ready to go and then from there have been having a weekly episode since September of 2019. So I launched it uh, then, and I've kind of set it up in season. So I have my seasons being September to December, and then January to June, and then I take the summers off. So I give myself a bit of a break, but I'm still working in the background on it to try to line up my next season at that point. But just kind of gives like a bit of a break, just a bit of time to get things figured out. But yeah, I... I just started reaching out to people. I made a list, first of all, just of all of the people that I knew whom I wanted to have their story be shared. And I wanted this to feel like a platform where somebody was able to come on, share their story, whether personal or business or both fused together, where they were able to describe it at a different level than what somebody would know of somebody by just looking at their Instagram. I feel like there's so, it's so easy to look on your Instagram and yeah, you can like get to know people and stuff through it and you get to know their story, but it's always just in these like snippets and pieces. And it's sometimes hard to kind of get the whole picture of, of what it is that their business does, or maybe like a hard time that they've come through, which is maybe harder to get into words. And for some people, it's easier to just tell it, you know? And so I wanted to have that be the platform where I could elevate other individuals and businesses from this platform where they could really share their story and people could really hear what it was all about and be able to help lift them as well. And it's been an amazing tool for my own business in being able to share these stories and have them share the story on their platform once the podcast airs and all of their people starting to hear my story and know about my podcast too. So it's been an immensely successful marketing tool to use, but I just love it. That's the thing. Like it's a lot of work as you're very aware. (laughs) It's a lot of work and it takes a lot of time and energy, but yeah, it's been an incredible tool and it's been like so therapeutic for me too. Mm the things that I've learned and the ways that I've grown Mm -hmm. because of all the stories that I've been blessed to hear has been life-changing. And I just absolutely love, love, love it. I want to keep doing this forever. Yeah, (laughs) I
0: definitely have to agree. It's kind of like, I think you started I love how you, you said like listening and starting one are two different things. And I'll get into that in a, in a minute here too. But I like how you said you ultimately wanted to see if this was something you really loved and felt passionate about. And I think it's really cool because I thought people had really cool stories to share. And I thought it'd be a good way to learn and also share that knowledge with other people. But you're right, it is very transformative when you're having conversations with people who have these incredible journeys, and you walk away like, wow, like, I really took in so much from that more than I ever expected. And that's not necessarily your initial intention. You're just it does impact you to hear so many incredible voices. So I have to agree with that. And even on a practical end, like you said, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed that when the pandemic started, all of a sudden everyone was starting podcasts. Like before it seemed like this weird, like random thing that I was doing. And I think you're the only other person I knew of in this city who actually (laughs) had one. And then suddenly it was like everyone and their dog was starting a podcast. And so whether they lasted very long, whether they didn't, I think when people are at home, they figured, oh, it's just something to start. And, and not that there's anything wrong with people trying, like you said, you can try and, and see if it's for you, but what would be the kind of advice you give to someone if they're thinking of starting one? And yeah, how would you kind of direct them in that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, like any part of your business, which I consider the podcast to be part of my business, it generates its own income um, now through sponsorship and advertising on it and that sort of thing. So it's its own little entity that I have to take care of and grow, just like the event planning side of my business and the marketing side of my business, of the services that I offer. It's its own thing. And I think a podcast can be a business tool. I think it can be just for fun. I don't think there's any wrong way to choose to podcast, but it has to serve you. And if that's just for fun, then that's great. And if that's because you want it to be monetized, that's great. There's no wrong way, but for it to be something that you're doing, you're like, okay, I know I'm going to make a lot of money doing this. So I should do this. There's just, it's usually not going to be sustainable. Then if it's something that you're hoping is going to get something out of, it has to be something that you love first. Cause I don't know of anybody else who has started a podcast and immediately been like, wow, this is really, really bringing in the funds. I can quit everything else in my life because I'm a podcaster, (laughs) unless you do, because I don't know anybody like that yet.
0: (laughs) I mean, maybe those like top 10.
1: That's right. And and maybe people that already maybe have some sort of like influential status or something where they already have a large (laughs) following and people are immediately like ready for this. But the one, I mean, there is a Saskatchewan podcast network give them a little shout out here but there is a, yeah. a network so yeah there is quite a few people in Saskatchewan that podcast and there's a Canadian podcast network as well as many different organizations around the world who specifically tailor to trying to connect podcasters together because it's a huge industry but yeah i think it's really just it's doing something because you want to do it and I really was doing it because I wanted to, as well as I knew it was going to be a good marketing tool. And that was where I was dipping my toe in. If it wouldn't have felt like something that was really serving me for that, it wouldn't be something that's sustainable. It's just too much work (laughs) to kind of have it keep going for no reason. But yeah, I think you have to have your why always, no matter what you're doing in your business. And if you're really passionate about it and that can That can pivot many, 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 many times throughout your life. It doesn't have to be something that just stands still, but it's, uh, it's very rewarding if you are doing it for the right reasons.
0: That's so cool. No, thank you so much for uh, sharing that. And I just wanted to give you a chance before we wrap up to ask, is there any new projects or new things that you want my audience to know about that we should look out for coming from you?
1: Well, I do have a very exciting event and it's in the far away future. So it like almost feels like it's too far away, but tickets are available for it because we've had to change the, the date many times. It was supposed to have happened already, but the Shine Summit is a passion project that I have been working on for the past couple of years. And it is a women's business conference, essentially. So it is a, an event that's gonna be taking place out at the barn at Wind's Edge um, here, just out of Saskatoon. And it is going to be a day that you will remember. And it is to bring leaders, business owners together in person, which we're all gonna be so excited to do, And we have speakers from around the world that are coming in to speak at this event. And it's not just going to be a sit and listen, it is interactive. You are going to grow and change and get excited about your life. And if you have a business or you're dreaming of having a business or you want to start something on the side while you have your day job, there's no wrong way to attend. And it's going to be just sort of connecting the communities together in Saskatchewan. So there's going to be I mean, anybody from anywhere that can attend, but lots of people, Regina, um, Saskatoon, lots of Western Canada. And one of our speakers is flying up from Denver and wow. there's there's it's just gonna be amazing and it's gonna be beautiful and fun. And I hope that people attending will feel like they are just really reconnecting with what excites them in mm-hmm. their life and in their business and can feel propelled forward as they are surrounded by people who are trying to do the same thing and who really want to cheer you on.
0: That's so exciting. Um, I'll definitely look out for those tickets myself. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I know that was happening. So that's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that sounds like a really awesome event. And thank you so much for just being a guest on my podcast this time. I have to shout out Kimberly Evans podcast again, celebrating the simple life podcast, and she has been such an encourager of me during this whole season, actually. I think we met, yeah, during the pandemic. So I just want to encourage you all to go over there, listen to her podcast. It's really good. And she's just a huge encourager of business owners. So yeah, really look up to you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thanks so much, Ian. <laughs>